Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Well, today's Hip Hop Save My Life is a biggie, excuse the pun. It features broadcasting legend Louis Theroux. Yes, correct. We managed to get Louis through on the podcast. He was kind enough to come and chat to us. Knows his stuff. Obviously, he's done documentaries on hip-hop. But also, uh, as a journalist... Uh, well, he listened to hip-hop loads. Still does. Uh, as a journalist, interviewed loads of rappers. And even wrote into Hip Hop Connection, uh, which he talks about on this episode. Um, his book, Gotta Get Through This, is uh, is wicked. I read it. Um, and it's great. So you should check that out. Um, but uh, before you do that, check out Louis Theroux on Hip Hop Saved My Life. Enjoy. This is the Hip Hop Saved My Life podcast. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Now sit back because it's time for the podcast. Welcome to Hip Hop Save My Life. Uh, I'm here with Rupert. Hello. How are you? Good, thank you. You are in. Uh, are you still in month? Are you out of month one of oh, the new baby? Yes. Yeah, just yesterday. Just yesterday. Yeah. Is month the end of month one. And yes. how's that been so far? So far, so good. Um, and it's exciting because our guest today. Uh, this ties in. Our guest today is a. I hope you don't. Is a one saying. month old baby. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Is a, a legend, a broadcasting legend. Oh, it's Mr. Louis Theroux. Hello, Louis. Hello. We are so delighted to have you on the show. Oh, thank yeah, you. Nice thank to you. Hear you. Nice to be here. And to give you an idea of how delighted Rupert is, do you want to, do you want to tell him? Oh, yeah, name? we called our son Louis. Really? It's a good name. That's so. Yeah, it's a great yeah. name. It's yeah. a good name. Yeah, it, it is, is a good, good name. name. But it's not in honour of me. He, uh, he says, uh, hopefully. Uh, <laughs> it is. Yeah. Yeah. Officially. No. Yeah. No, no, we just like the name, but you obviously share the name. So. Yeah. Yeah, if you'd have yeah. been a horrible person. It was between that and Romesh. Is that right? Yeah. Thank it's you. Not so, yeah, it's not so much that we named him after you, but, mm. but you You've being got... a dick didn't stop us <laughs> from using the name. Kind of. That's, that's exactly, yeah. I guess it's that's, yeah, that is. Yeah. That's the level of compliment. <laughs> Like, it wasn't, you weren't so off-putting that we yeah, decided exactly. not to choose a name that we really yeah. liked. Yes, go. yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at you very enviously because the last time I saw you, we were doing, uh, we were on BBC Radio 2. Radio 2, yeah, Zoe Ball's show. Yes, and since then, we have switched facial hair position because you were fairly, you had stubble. Oh, I had a bit of stubble. But now... I've gone full bore Taliban. Yeah. <laughs> And I was Taliban then, <laughs> and now I've de-Taliban. <laughs> so what's is this a is this a decision or it's a whole, I know that um, I'm 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 sort of off duty when I've got a beard because I don't do TV with a beard. It's a weird mm. rule. You um, would never ever do TV with. I a wouldn't beard. say I wouldn't. I would never do one of my own documentaries. Right. Or have never. I probably wouldn't ever. And, and that's a decision I made. And so when I, when I, and so really the only times I shave kind of. Um, so in a disciplined way is when I'm is when I'm filming, and the rest of the time. So how long my beard is is mm. usually an index of how how long it's been since I filmed anything. Right. So I'm officially kind of off duty. That was a conscious decision to not film, not to do a documentary with a beard. You said you decided that. Is I that just an aesthetic on, thing? Or I think you... early on I felt as though there needed to be some sort of sense of uniformity. I, when I started out, I, had, I was an admirer of. Um, People like Gilbert and George, the artists. Mm. Right. Do you know who I mean? Mm. And they wear the same suits, yeah. tailored suits every day and have done as part of their their art yeah. for the last 50 or 60 years. And um, there's something in that kind of strange, slightly bonkers level of consistency and dedication that I admired. And for a while I thought I'd like to wear a uniform when I made my TV programmes. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Did you have like, any idea what that, what oh, that might be? Something kind of slightly... 
um, ascetic and kind of quasi-revolutionary, like a like a Lenin jacket or, or right. a Mao cap or something. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Something that sort of says like I, I'm no frills. There's nothing silly yeah. about me. I'm in a kind of war mode, which and it's new. Doesn't make any sense. Imagine that someone turning up to an interview wearing a Mao cap and carrying a little red book. But I sort of thought there's something that about that, that that appealed to me. Right. And in fact, Attenborough kind of does that because yes. he always mm. wears his um his blue cambrai shirt, doesn't yes. he? And I, and I thought the less distracting you are, the less there is, the less frills and fripperies. But anyway, I never did that. So right. the closest I did was just always shave and try and keep some kind of consistency. Well, as a, as a stand-up, one of the things is your clothing can't be distracting. You know, when the big mm. mistake is if you wear a T-shirt with some sort of slogan on it or something right. like that, because yeah. Jaguar Skill's a DJ, I don't know if you're aware of his work, no. but he brought out this range of T-shirts where he'd taken classic hip-hop albums mm. and incorporated Phil Collins into them. <laughs> And so one of them was the cover of Wu-Tang's first album. And on the, fr the front, you know, it's all the guys mm. with the masks. It's yeah, all of yeah. them with masks on. And the front guy is replaced, his face is replaced with Phil Collins. And it just says, Ghostface Filler. It's and good. I wore that uh, at a gig and somebody said afterwards, I couldn't focus on anything you were saying because all I thought about is, I can't believe Romish is into Phil Collins. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, but I really like your beard. Oh, thank yeah, you. It's, it's really nice. Thank yeah. you. I, um, do you think I could wear? Do you think I could wear it and make a program? Or people would just 100%. think. Hundred percent. You yeah, people would just watch and think like, hang on, Louis got wearing a beard. And no I one think wants that so... in their head, do they? Yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. I mean, it would be bad if they thought you were just wearing a beard. That Why? would be. That would What's be. What's the weird. verb? What do you? Do? I don't know. Sporty. Don't say sporty. Sport. <laughs> There's nothing sporty. If your idea of carrying? sport is is carrying, carrying a beard, a beard. around yeah. you need to get out more and get more exercise <laughs> we've been applying for an Olympic event yeah. okay what is it wearing a beard bearding you're in book promo mode now, yes right? I am yeah. your book uh, gotta get through this yes thank you it's very Great, good isn't it? yeah. it's very I good. didn't think of it but I chose mm. it yeah it's very nice well first of all congratulations on the page count oh yeah it's over 400 pages I'm it? afraid so I wanted to get if I'd had more time I would have made it shorter Right. Yeah. I mean, really? yeah. So in all, in all seriousness, down. I sort of think um, when I look through it now, I think I could tighten that. I, I have an almost, uh, it's almost a pathological need to tighten. You know, with programs, sometimes I over tighten and mm, right. over cut. So, so it may be that I'm wrong, but I, I look through it and I think, I think I could have. I took sort of 20,000 words out quite late in the day, and I think I could have got at, another at 10 the out. the publishers? No, uh, my own. Your I own. said, like, I think it's too long. It was 145, right. 155. That 155, is long, yeah. isn't it? And, um, so I said that as an insult. 155,000 <laughs> words. Yes, yes. Because um, normally they're about, what, 90? Anything about 80 is considered yeah. acceptable. 90 or Mine was absolute bottom limit. I think <laughs> it was, was like it? 80. <laughs> Two or something. Sort of like, <laughs> just like a line and say, <laughs> "You not do the bigger font trick." <laughs> bigger font. Uh, no, well, somebody. No, there is big. The font's huge on mine. Um, but yeah, so I went in and I said, "Here it is. It's 155. I think there's quite a bit that could be tightened and cut." And they said, um, "Pan McMillan said, oh no, uh, no, no, I don't. You know, we, we, we love it, and, and 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 it's all good." Which which was not what I wanted to hear actually, because sure. mm -hmm. I I knew that it, it could be improved. So anyway, long story short, I ended up getting some friends to read it and 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 sort of finding some chapters that could go. Can I ask it? Because it's really detailed. You seem to remember everything. Like the the level, I was I was well, imp very imp yeah. impressed by how in depth you go into everything. Was that difficult? Or, uh, no, or well, some of it some of it obviously is supported by um, going back to the program. So so a lot of the it's I should say it started out as as being a um, a kind of greatest hits of my journalism, like yeah. documentary work. Mm. So, oh, I'll, I'll write about the most hated family in America. Yeah. I'll write about um, Jimmy Savile. I'll write about all, all, all the, 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 the programs I suppose I'm most associated with. And then I, and then I thought, well, I better get that. You know, people want a bit more behind the scenes than that. So I was supporting it with how we came to the idea and what the yeah. experience of filming was like. And then when I showed it to people... And when I read it back, I found I was more interested in the sort of behind-the-scenes stuff. So then I, I built that up, and then I showed it to some more friends, and it was like, you need to make it more personal. So then I put more personal stuff in, and then I began taking out 
quite a bit of the journalism. This is way more detail than you need. <laughs> no, this, this is good. No, this is exactly so, the level of detail yeah. I was so, after. So, so, but then, it's so for my book. Yeah. So then, when I when I was doing the stuff that, so it remains about half and half, half sort of journalism, which I I went back to look at the programs and so wrote descriptions and kind of describe, you know, added color and transcribed dialogue, and then with the. I had diaries to support some of it. I went back to emails and then some of it I just, um, I sort of did my best impression of how I remembered it. I mm. think you've got to do that a bit. Yeah. Sorry about that. What the? <laughs> I thought it was with Is that your text I notification? I with professionals. <laughs> what it's is... a news notification. <laughs> oh my God. I got a new phone yesterday. I oh, got to congratulations. And you haven't Thanks. figured out how to switch it to silent? No, no, I haven't, okay. yet. Well, congratulations <laughs> on the That was the, the producer saying... Louis been really boring. <laughs> yeah, I just released about the bit that um, I'm about halfway through it, and it's uh, Thank you. it's great. You're just naturally so funny. I mean, I, don't, I mean, you've just talked about rewriting stuff, but it just it, it, it's effortlessly funny. I oh, really, I I really, I'm really enjoying it. The, the, what, a couple of the bits that really stuck. Out. Well, first of all, at the very beginning, you talk about going to this uh, central eating. Uh, That's right. This, yeah. And one of the things that I really, uh, I really related to was this, where you're talking about, one of the rules is you're not allowed to touch genitals. That's right. right. So it's all about the sensuality of the actual eating and stuff like that. Yeah, how... and, and massage and an upper body touch. Yes, right. So you're sort of describing <laughs> what's happening there. And there's one bit where you said you were sort of a bit nervous about, about what was going mm. on and you felt a little bit out of your depth. And you looked across to the director... <laughs> and he was just completely focused on the camera. <laughs> yeah, his eyes were clamped. <laughs> just that. I totally related to that being in a horrible situation. <laughs> and then you look to the crew to see like, if anybody's what's going on. <laughs> what's, this, what's actually happening here? Yeah. Have I been set up? I like and he's it. like, no, it was poker face. <laughs> I still don't actually know. I think that's a sign of a good mm. director in a way, who someone who, who, know, who sort of knows how to mm. slightly. Do you over in a very nice way? I know what you mean. You, you've mm. sort, you have got to be because actually, when you're in those situations, the crew are your connection yeah. with getting out of this. You know, you, like you're getting out of the immersive nature of yeah. what you're doing, and so actually, they're bad for you in a way. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's it's sort of better to 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 be in the moment, and if they don't give you anything, it's actually good. But it feels horrible in the actual moment. Yeah, what it? you don't want. I remember when I was making my Scientology movie, most of the clashes which I had with my director, who wasn't used to wear... He was a wonderful guy called John Darren. He wasn't used to working with a presenter. So he was used to sort of being the one who steps in mm. when, the, you know, when, when the, um, the Scientologists were coming up and giving us aggro or the police arrived, which happened a few times. He would sort of step in and wrangle it. Right. And, I, and, I, and I sort of said, like, John, John, that's my job. That's why I'm <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm supposed to be the guy <laughs> yeah. who, who wrangles. Yeah. Like, I don't really mm. have a lot else to do, to be honest with yeah. you. So if every time... It gets a bit heated and starts kicking off. You pop out from behind the camera mm. and say, I'll take it from here. Yeah, yeah. It's a little bit undermining. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing you talk about was when you, uh, when you got involved with Michael Moore. That's right. And you got invited to go out and do this piece and you just had no experience. I had in no television. clue, yeah. From your interview with them, were you interviewed with Michael Moore? Yeah. He just basically took a shine to you, I guess. Yes. Yeah. He, he had to have someone who was British, right? Right. Because the BBC was funding, he didn't have to, but the BBC was giving him a third of his money for his mm. new show, TV Nation. And so I think he had mixed feelings about, about that, but he had some, a couple of his writers were people I knew and had worked with at a magazine called Spy Magazine. And they said, well, we know... Chris Kelly. Chris Kelly, yeah. yeah. Chris, Chris told Michael, um, we know a British guy and he's quite funny and he's a journalist and you should meet him. And uh, based on the interview, I think what happened was Michael... I think Michael liked the idea of me not having a clue. And I think he liked the idea of, of, of me sort of basically... <sighs> I don't know. I think he, you could put it two ways. One was that he was that he didn't enjoy um, people who might in any way lord it over him. Do you know what I mean? That yeah, yeah. He didn't want anyone coming in with a lot of attitude. I also think he he, he liked the idea of someone being completely indebted to him. That was sort of non-threatening, just absolutely abjectly appreciative. Mm. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Which I was. And then maybe as well, he saw something in me that the idea of, of me being a bit... I don't know, sort of bookish and and not and and I don't know what how else to characterise myself, sort of spindly and and guileless, and and throwing me in at the deep end with um these sort of slightly scary, mm -hmm. weird people in the American fringe. 
Yes. So, yeah. so that's so he based on that, having no TV experience, he said fine, and I became a correspondent on a network TV show, which, on the one hand, was a huge blessing, but at the time, you know, certainly in hindsight, and then at the time, just felt massively terrifying. Yeah. Did you want to do that? Did you want to? No, be I never you thought. Sort of fell into it. Yeah, yeah. No, I hadn't aspired yeah. to yeah. do that. I wanted to be a TV writer. I thought,、mm. oh, I could write sitcoms or funny questions. Or I didn't think, oh, I could be、mm. on TV as an interviewer. And so I felt massively unqualified. And it, well, I didn't feel I was it.、Yeah. Is it weird now? Because like you are basically so revered. Like people love the way that you know. You, you know this, but I, I, mean, I don't know how much you're conscious of it. Is how your documentaries are like the. Mm. The creme de la creme. That's what you know. You're the person that everybody reveres. You're sort of national treasure status,、yeah. I would say, aren't you? And, and are you aware? I'd give、nice、you to say that. Well, it is, I mean, it's, de- it's definitely true, and it's sort of. I think it's because you just do things your own way. I mean, you are a very particular. I think that those things that you talk about that may, at the beginning, this is from my point of view as a fan, like you know, that may have initially. Look like that you weren't suited for TV. Are exactly the reasons that you are so great at what you do. You well, know, it's, it's it's weird because I, 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 when I look back, what I mainly see is、um, an inability to do things. So, for example, one of the things that used to freak me out was the idea idea of doing a piece to camera,、mm. and, and 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 I used to find it quite frightening the idea of like looking into a machine <laughs> and, and and talking to it as though it was a person. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's. I, I think that's probably not that uncommon.、Yeah. It felt the most uncommon. No, I can't. I can't. Some people take it. to it. Yeah. And 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 I can sort of do it、mm. now if I if I almost as an impersonation. Yeah. Hello and welcome. <laughs> you know, like you have to sort of do a weird <laughs> cadence、yeah. and, and intonation. And here we are. Yeah. And, and, but if you try and talk to it like it's a normal person,、um, it just doesn't work. And so I would avoid. In weird weekends at the beginning, I thought、well, I'd better do some pieces to camera, and、um, and none of them. Felt at all right. Right, they didn't work at all. And then actually looking back, I think that's probably quite good that we didn't use、mm. any. You know, it was something about sort of not acknowledging sort of the artificial nature of, or rather acknowledging it. You know, like actually saying like, like I'm not going to pretend that、mm. the camera's not here, but I'm not going to talk to it. Yes. Anyway, that's a roundabout way of saying,、uh, yeah, I've done things my own way, more or less because. There was no other way that I knew how to do it. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I look back, and the book is kind of about this in a way. I look back at the success that I've had with a great deal of gratitude and a kind of weird feeling of fraudulence because,、um, first of all, I'm aware of how much their group endeavours, right, which I talk about in the book. You know, the、mm. directors, the producers. In in a sense, on occasion, I was the least clued up person on set. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I was yeah. the sort of last、mm. to the party on some in some respects in terms of what was funny or what was going to work. At the same time, I'm also aware, looking back, of how I'm a kind of,、um, a, a kind of like a, I don't know, like a logo, or I think I've been the beneficiary of enormous re- amount of recognition and goodwill, partly just because I'm on camera.、Mm-hmm. I mean, it goes without saying, but so, at the risk of stating the obvious, there's so many documentary makers who are far more talented and capable than I am, but they're just directors. They're behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that? Yeah. So、yeah, I, think, I know what you mean. So、yeah. it's a lot. It's all a bit of a con, you know. <laughs> well, I um, I was, I did a travel show, and I had to do online social media promo. One of the things they said to me was, "Oh, Louis did this thing that went massive,、mm. where he just stared into the camera for like, was it five minutes or something?" Yeah,、like? I think it was five minutes. So they said, "So we want you to do something similar." So I said, "Oh, okay. What do you want me to do?"、But、I said, "Can you smile for five minutes into the camera?" <laughs> right. So, so. <laughs> <laughs> So I basically, in agony, like smiled into the camera for five minutes. Was this like a live stream thing or something? No, no it's just it's like just a, a they just clipped it up right, and put it out on the BBC. Because、right, right. Louis, your one had gone massive or had something.、It. I didn't even know that. Right, so、Ooh. it had done,、mm. and then.、Um, And my, my, I think it got retweeted once, and that might be by my mum. I mean, it fucking it went. Well, but that's not easy to smile. That's a whole. No, I did it, but I mean, it's just, it's just. A sh- Didn't it hurt your face? Yeah, it did. You start it did. like shaking the muscles. There, yeah, they did. It felt like it felt like my face、fake. was really、yeah. vibrating. <laughs> But they weren't reacting, so I assumed that it wasn't visible. <laughs> I've never watched it back. That's like a punishment.、Yeah. One of the things that、I've, I'm a prima donna about、um, when I make documentaries is、uh, I'll do noddies on occasion. I don't really like to do them. You、yeah. know,、um, cutaways of me listening, and, you、mm. know, which is normal yeah. Yeah. in TV.、Mm. And then、uh, once or twice I've been asked to laugh 
in a cutaway, right? <laughs> Have you ever so been asked unnatural. to do that? I haven't actually, no. And, I, and, I, and he did it once and I went, And then after horrible. I felt so wrong. Yeah, I felt true. really awful. And I got quite angry about it. Like, I'm never doing that again. Ever. <laughs> it just felt really weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's really close cousin to like crying mm. in a cutaway. Like, now, can yeah. you cry in the cutaway? <laughs> which, um, which happens in broadcast news. Have you ever seen that film? And that's his, this, the William Hurt character cries in his cutaway right just to show how sad and moved he is That's it's sort right. of a, it's yeah. evidence of the most kind of corrupt mm, yeah. kind of TV making so what people might not know well actually they might know about you is that you're a you're a hip hop fan yeah um and I saw I watched a thing recently where you talked about your playlist and you and I you made me listen to Post Malone basically because you you talked about what you listen to at the moment and you said I'm listening to Post Malone and you sort of were saying you, you described it as a guilty pleasure but then backed down from that yes uh, saying I don't know why it would be a guilty pleasure well because of how he looks I guess he's, he's got sort tattoos of, he's got, on his face which is a big of, thing now he's got a strange vibe about him as yeah. well well here's the thing I'm a fan of Post Malone but if you google him or if you look him up on Wikipedia he got into a spot of bother about a few years ago do you yeah. know about this no because he was obviously working in a, in a hip-hop related genre and then he was once asked I feel bad for even dredging this up he was once asked which other rappers he, he admired and he said or maybe he wasn't even asked but he volunteered that he preferred Bob Dylan oh mm. yeah I did see this right. yeah, yeah yeah and it was a bit of a feeling of like hang on not only are you doing rap and hip-hop mm. but now you're going to say you don't really like or yeah. you don't like it as much as you like Bob Dylan and I think the feeling was that's not that's not cool, man. And yeah. then he, 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 I think he apologised and he backed off it. Yeah, yeah. But I um, basically when I was on holiday, we when we're in the pool, I'm in charge of music. Yeah. And my wife and kids hate everything I like, basically. And so, do they? And yeah, you're, pretty they, much. It's lucky that you're allowed to play, you know, the music. Yeah, I know. I'm not allowed to DJ. <laughs> well, it was only until I started playing Post Malone. The, the family got on board because there's something he's just uh, he can write a catchy hook that guy mm, I mean it's, yeah. it's incredible isn't it I've become a Post Malone fan because of you well, I, 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 yeah that's good because he is good and actually um, uh, the one that I first noticed was called uh, Rockstar yeah. which he, and he rhymes Rockstar with Morrison yes and, and, <laughs> and, and, and which is kind of amazing because he says it so that they actually do rhyme yeah when he Marsa Rasta he, he, can, he can do that if you slur that has, that has happened a lot more a lot, I, yeah. yeah that happens a lot now like because when hip hop first you know early hip hop all of the rhymes were like hard rhymes yeah. you know full that, rhymes yes full yeah. rhymes yes whereas now um, like there's this album uh, came out, I think it's last year Jedi Mind Tricks and there's this track that I really love on it I can't I, I say I love on it I can't remember what it's called number five right and um, and I was really listening to it loads and it was only like when I really started listening to it that I realised that not a lot of the words are actually right it was all right. in the it was all in the pronunciation of yeah. what, what he was doing that it sound and there's loads of that now. Mm. which is to, good I think I think in a way in the early days of hip hop people like Big Daddy Kane who was uh, rhyming like constantly yes but with with the result that sometimes it made it didn't make no sense but it didn't he wasn't saying very much no yeah. I, I know exactly yeah. what you mean and yeah. when you saw it written down it was sound so good and you see it written down you're like this he's not saying and all he's like there's a lot of rhyming so, yeah. and not much actual meaningful content yes yeah well it's, it's, it's like Cole Porter you know what I mean yeah, like, yeah. when you rhyme certain show tunes you rhyme that much you're going to struggle to say anything well, of any mm, significance Rakim and Big Daddy Kane were the ones that really made that kind of because before them it was all at the end of yeah. the lines wasn't it and then they started having all these within the lines internal rhymes and it, then um, and, and Biggie Smalls yes would do it as well although he was so gifted that he could actually say something and still yeah. be rhyming every third word virtually. Yeah, whereas with, I know what you mean with Big Daddy Kane and Rakim, he listen to some of it and you go, actually, this is quite, it's quite <laughs> abstract. I don't know, I don't, I'm not sure of the point that's being made there. Nice you know I mean? and smooth were like that. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, like yeah. Really and then Eminem got to a stage where he was try, he basically rhymes entire lines with, you know, he, yeah, he'll get it with every word of the right, line yeah. or rhyme with every word of the next one, which is, uh, 
It's impressive. And then sometimes Big Daddy Kane would use words and you weren't sure if he knew what they meant. Do you remember there's one, I think it's called Another Victory, and he goes, some of the product you sold was real dangerous, and all the message you sent was miscellaneous. <laughs> I don't think miscellaneous was the word you were looking for. Because all the glamour you get is miscellaneous, and all the product you sell is real dangerous. Like on Lum Lum, let's say on Poison. Destruction to all your own boys and girls that like to buy and give it a try. My, they can't deny the high, that's why they soon die. It's something like that. It's not yeah. really direct, so, but it was the yeah. rhyme. Was. So what you're saying is, is it's helpful to sort of soften that rule on the rhyming, just so you can make a bit of sense, yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned in the book that you, years ago, wrote into Hip Hop Connection. Yes, I did. Yeah. Um, as is it Lou King e, Louie. King Louie. Because all the, the letters came from people with sort of hip hop style name so I, I felt I had to give myself a rap moniker was that L-O-U hyphen E or yes it was yeah. L-O-U hyphen capital E yeah there you go um, and in fact the backstory to that is that I'd been I loved did you you're probably a bit younger for no, Hip Hop Connection Hip Hop Connection yeah I loved Hip Hop Connection yeah, yeah. so I was when it was a monthly and I used to every time it came out I loved it mm. and they would you know they would cover US artists obviously and then have a few pages about what was going on in British hip hop, and and regarded it, I suppose, as their as their job to mm. you know support the local scene. Yes, it was it was a Early sense of days, duty, yeah. wasn't it? To sort of, but yeah. with, but the scene wasn't what it is now, and and so a lot of the artists perhaps weren't all that good, quite honestly. Or doing that impersonating American rappers. Yeah, or hadn't found their yeah. voice. So you were, is it, we're talking about like you mentioned in the book Derek B. Derek B. Bad was young not brother. very good. Derek B. Have you ever listened to Derek <laughs> Actually, B? He, he's got some bad rhymes. Yeah. Yeah. But Derek B. was yeah. guilty of that. Demon yeah. Boys also. I, I liked. I preferred Demon I Boys. Demon, Demon Boys, Boys yeah. had a couple of good tracks. Yeah. Yeah. Re- re- recognition. Yeah. Pretty good, uh, and and then I, I mentioned Silver Bullet. He was yes, good. Well, I he's another it. one where you look at the lyrics written down and yeah. What's that? Oh, twenty seconds to comply. Yeah. An evil structure, yeah. a terror conductor. <laughs> <laughs> he was probably the best, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I remember buying a couple of albums and thinking these aren't up to much, and feeling a bit annoyed. Oh, based on based on the recommendation right, in Hip Hop yeah. Connection. Mm, so I yes. wrote. I wrote into Hip Hop Connection to complain and say, "What you know? Why don't we?" He said one or two things, and then it ended by saying, um, "Face it, if UK rap was any good, it would speak for itself. British rap sucks. Yes. It's strong, but anyway, mm. well, well, it's, it's quite admirable because mm. Hip Hop Connection was so so worthy about the British hip hop scene, yeah. and, and and I get totally get why. I'm not criticising Hip Hop Connection for that, but I get what you're saying. But for you to just I mean, you were really very much going against the sentiments of the whole publication. Yeah, this whole race. I mean, it was brave. It was it's brave. Like riding into Auto Weekly yeah. and saying like, "Cars pollute the environment; <laughs> it should be banned." <laughs> I don't know what reception I was ex- expecting. But you got slaughtered, the, I, right? I got slaughtered. They published the letter, and then in the following issue, said there was there was so, like the letters page was more or less turned over to critical responses. It's one which said, um, King Louis, don't name pity about you being such a fucker. There you go. And then it was a lot of that was all like that. And then it was, this is just a small sample of, a, of the literally sack loads of mail we received in um, response to your letter. How did you feel? Mm. Felt quite good, actually. Like a king. Felt like, felt a, like king. a king. Yeah. Felt like I kept it real. Yeah. Felt like they needed to know. Mm, Thought yes. they better recognise. And, and then I wanted to write back and, and sort of get a little correspondence going. And then I never bothered to. But I, I, yeah, I left it at that. I did write something because actually, I think you were right. I mean, the, the UK hip hop scene—they were—they were trying to big it up, and it wasn't what it is today. Um, so you're right to say what you said, but it's just—I I did something. I wrote a letter into Hip Hop Connection, but I was—it turned out I was wrong. I was so obsessed with East Coast hip hop, yeah. and to the—and I wouldn't listen to anything from the West Coast. So I just thought I just refused what to acknowledge. What years are we talking about? This was like. Early to mid nineties, I guess. Really, that's yeah. quite strange. Yes, so it must have been about ninety three. So when the Chronic came out, mm. and I wrote into HHC, and at that time Tim Dog 
had got a song out called Fuck Compton, which yeah. I don't know if you remember. I, know I that, think yeah. I do remember. All you suckers that riff from the West Coast, I'll dance and spray ass like a roach. You think you're cool with your curls and your shades. I roll thick and you'll be yelling out raid. A hard brother that lives in New York. We're suckers are hard and we don't have to talk. Shut your mouth before we come out stomping. Hey, yo, easy. Fuck Compton. And I was so, so into the East Coast scene. I wrote a letter into, into Hip Hop Collection about how shit I thought The Chronic was. I, I mean, time oh has borne me out to be quite the prick. Yeah. How shit I thought uh, The Chronic was. How terrible I thought mm. Snoop was. Mm. How Based great I thought what? Tim... What was your problem? Because you just loved the East. Just because I loved East Coast Hip Hop and I just didn't want to... Why did you have to... I'm not trying to be adversarial. Why no. did you have to choose one, do you think? Why? Like, because you were, cause you, was East Coast Hip Hop... Constantly going on about how shit the West Coast scene was. No, well, not really. Like, no, it wasn't really at all. On, but it was then. just. But I was so. Yeah, exactly. I was. I. I think I might have started the whole East Coast West Coast. Sounds like you did. Yeah. yeah. But I was just so into <laughs> East Coast rap that it pissed me off. I remember being pissed off that everybody was jumping on. But the thing is, I did listen to NWA and stuff like. But just for some reason, mm. Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre coming out with the Chronic and everybody saying it was amazing really fucking got my back up. I don't know why. Anyway. The, the worst thing was I was I was wrong, and I didn't elicit the kind of levels of notoriety that you did. So I sort of I, I wasn't anywhere near as good as what w- you what did. At what point did you get on board with the West Coast? Really shortly after I wrote the after letter. that, did you? That I just sort of realised that I was being a bit of a. I was so narrow. I mean, there's a point at which I'd only listened to stuff that was off a certain street. In- <laughs> I got <laughs> really? so from D and D had so to D studios. Who were your sort yeah. of gods of? of, of among the MCs, if you like. I mean, I loved Big Daddy Kane so much. Did you? Yeah, I, I just thought it was amazing. I that third to, album well, is perhaps yeah. one of the worst records yes, I've ever that, bought. Yes. Yeah. Did, you, did you bring that home and think, oh, this is the Which new Big Daddy Kane album? I think it's called The Taste of Chocolate. Here's another groove that I'm bringing to you, kind of mellow. And I just want to say hello. Or should I say peace as I start to release the poetry that don't cease, never the least. Your feet got to shuffle as I put the muscle in the groove. I'm so scared. Once you experience the whole cane rhyme, I'll have you dancing in a soul train line. The album title is almost a warning. Just by the way, if you like my previous stuff, you're in for a bit of a shock. Because he sort of he sort of hinted to that side of things on the pre- on his previous stuff. Then Taste of Chocolate, he just really he went for it. I remember around that time I read an interview with him and they're like, who do you aspire to be? He's like, I want to be a cross between Marvin Gaye and Malcolm X a sexy black performer <laughs> with a political side or something like that yeah. which is I think actually Malcolm X good but as much as, as I admire Marvin Gaye I don't think that's someone to aspire to be in hip hop no mm. and so he's doing all these slow jams I think the cover is him in a jacuzzi yes and um, it's just I, I think he'd lost um, Marley Marl as producer yeah. is that what happened yeah because actually you could probably get away with some weak raps if the beats are okay mm. or maybe Mr. C had jumped ship I don't know that was his DJ wasn't <laughs> yeah, it, it was, yeah. Yeah. Still I don't know it. what happened but that album was an absolute stinker yes it was and he he fell victim to the same thing that I thought LL Cool J fell victim which is mm. doing too many of these like when LL Cool J did I Need Love yeah. and that went massive he sort of started to make that, that yeah. his thing, yeah, and it really pissed me off actually, because like El Kujim was great, and then you start hearing all these kind of ballads and stuff like that. That's it's, what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. It's just trying awful. to do slow jams and, and sort of sexy songs, it just doesn't, it doesn't. It's not easy mm. to pull off in hip hop. No, it? it's not. And I would say I would I'd go further. Around the way, it's, girl it's a mistake. One, Around it? the way, <laughs> that one. Do you remember big? Do you remember El Kujim doing that big old butt? I, I always sing that. that to my wife. Where he just goes, Lisa got a big old butt. I know I told you I'd be true, but Lisa got a big old butt, so I'm leaving you. See ya! And then, <laughs> and then the song is just a succession of him leaving these different girls because someone else has got a big old butt. It, it, what happens is it turns out he's into big old butts, hmm. but also that those big old butts have a shelf life. Right. And so he'll only be into oh, the big old butt for like yeah. a certain amount of time and then he'll want to move on to a sort of a fresh New butt. butt. It's <laughs> that level of honesty that is one of the things I admire about him. <laughs> Not, it's a bit the ability Still. to go to a, a very authentic place. Yes, sure. Mm. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The other thing that I found amazing that you did, which I, as I was reading it, I just sort of felt myself absolutely cringing, was when you were working at Spy yeah. and you interviewed a load of rappers that's about right. gun safety. Yeah, that's right. And uh, I think this is Chris Kelly's idea. Yeah, it I was, think, yeah. Was for you to ask them to freestyle a rap about gun safety. About gun safety. <laughs> yeah. Was this UK rappers? No, it was American. This is in America, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it was American rappers. And, um, and a couple of them actually went with it and tried to do it. There was, that was when I spoke to... So a couple of them refused. I think Sir Mix-a-Lot and Ice-T <laughs> both said, um, oh, no, oh, no I, I could, I'd have to write that shit down, dude. Yeah. And, and or dog, and I think Schooly <laughs> D refused. Yeah, I mean the thrill for me was just talking to the guys. Yeah, yeah. I remember having a mm. long chat with Schooly D about um, how much I loved "Am I Black Enough for You" and and my admiration. And he's like, "I'd never do another album like that again." I was like, "Why?" I said, "I had to pay too much for the samples." Like right. it was just sort of getting the back. I was like, "But that was a great album." Like yeah. I made no money on that record anyway. A couple of them actually did freestyle raps. Edo, do you remember Ed O G and yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. So he he did one, and then halfway through, so he went. I like to clean my gun. It's a lot of fun. And then I, oh, shit, I can't do this. <laughs> you know, which is exactly what yeah, yeah. like, I, yeah. speaking personally, like, that's what I would be like. But he's supposed to be a rapper. <laughs> and then, and then, I, and then the, the only one who did it with sort of actual aplomb and did it for, was um, yeah. Fat Joe the Gangster. Right. And he was obviously, he was in a limo somewhere and he had, or, he had people around him and he started going, I knew a motherfucker who tried to slay me and play, play me and slay me and make it do a motherfucking rap about gun safety, but I just laughed and blast. And he just went on, and then just went on about, I don't know, he slipped That's into great. some normal verses. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of rappers can't freestyle. No. I think it's almost oh, yeah. like... There's a sort of, it's a bit like them being in the magic circle. There's a mm. sort of secret which no one quite wants, or rest, maybe wrestling is a better comparison where mm. no one really, would really admit that there's not, probably not many rappers who can actually freestyle. No, for well, the, real. Tr- the truth of it is, the ones that can really freestyle, you'd never really want to hear a record right. from, do you yeah. know what I mean? Because they're very good at doing stuff about Lord of Finesse the stuff good. in the room. Yeah. Lord yeah, like, yeah, and su- the supernatural MC used to like, it, there's loads of videos of him just sort of stood in like a shopping centre and people are just coming up to him mm. and he's just freestyling about everything around him and like the, what these people look mm. like. And it's very impressive. Mm. But then he's not going to, you don't want to hear his it, album, yeah. do you know what yeah. I mean? And, mm. and, and a lot of these things where I don't know how much he watches YouTube clips of guys going on Sway and doing the morning show and doing like freestyles and stuff on that. And most of those guys are not freestyling. They're right, doing right. stuff that hasn't been on a record, right? Yeah. Which is, and you sort of go, I don't care. I sort of think I don't care because it still sounds really good. Yeah. I'd rather hear this than them trying to stumble their way through a freestyle. But, um, you know, there's this thing where people, some rappers will go, if you can't freestyle, you're not a rapper. And that's just not true. It's just not <laughs> no. true. Have you, know? you ever been to... Uh, I once was in Jackson, Mississippi and went to a free uh, a, a, a freestyle... What do they call it? Where it's a battle. battle. A rap yeah. Battle. Yeah. 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 And it's the same thing where the ones who are... Generally, the ones who win the rap battle are the ones who, who click into their pre-prepared yes. raps mm. quicker than the other ones, yeah, yeah. or just go straight to it. And a couple of them, you're like, well, that seems like he, he that actually came off the top of the dome because he's referring to you know the buttons on his jacket yes. or something. But usually, those are the clunkiest yes. rhymes. And the crowd doesn't really care. No. I, remember, like, I don't know if you saw Black... Do you know The Roots at all? Yeah. So Black Thought from The Roots, he did Funkmaster Flex's show. And he does a freestyle and they start the beat and he rhymes non-stop for 11 minutes. Like wow. it's without 
without a break. He mm. just goes straight. And like, I know that's written. There's no the lyrics are so dense and so clever and well structured. There's no way that can be freestyle. But it's still unbelievable that he has that in his locker that mm. he can just go for that amount of time. It's just amazing. That reminds me of a track I used to love. Do you remember Portrait of a Masterpiece by DOC? Yeah, yeah. And trying to figure out what he was saying and the sort of the, the, the sheer speed of it, the, the machine gun delivery of, of how he would come out with those verses. I've still never seen that written down. I'm, I'm, maybe I'm afraid to because I'll find out that it's just, it's just all nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> Let's take a trip, but not of the physical. Sense of direction on Aquino's artistical. Through a gallery of sorts, of course it's dope. Paying tough like the name on my rope. Watching me where we are status of the local boys. A musical massacre of inadequate noise by the new authority. Because the majority of fears who here will award superiority to those who Do you remember him? And then he, he had a car crash yeah, and lost, he his, lost voice. his voice. Oh, yeah, 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 he came yeah. out with an album. Mm. And then, he was like yeah. But do you, because Post Malone obviously is not a lyricist, do you? No. I don't even know if he's a rapper. I don't he? think, he gets described as a rapper, doesn't he's he? But really. he doesn't really rap, does he? He does that, it's a bit like, again, like Drake, where it's that thing, because so much is um, auto-tuned now, that the line between rap and just singing is kind of, it's a bit, it's a grey area. Yeah. Yes, yeah, mm. yeah. But do you, do you, you know, like, People, the, the accusation that people level at hip hop now, and I don't know how much you listen to. I mean, we talk about that set, but how much you listen to now, or what you listen to now. But do you agree with this sort of accusation that that sort of that focus on lyrics has sort of gone away a bit? Well, I don't think it has been. I mean, I don't want to pretend that I'm across the scene. Sure, sure, I, sure. I, I'm, but um, in terms of, I see different things going on. You've got. You've got people like um, Kendrick Lamar, who's who's absolutely about yes. the lyrics, mm, yeah, yeah. and and I guess to an extent Kanye as mm. well. And then you've got um, other rappers or, 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 or younger people on the scene who I also quite enjoy. Sometimes they're called uh, SoundCloud rappers, like yeah, yeah, yeah. who who just sort of almost revel in 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 the kind of clumsiness and primitiveness of the lyrics, yeah. like. Um, Who's the one who goes Gucci Gang? Gucci Main is it? Yeah, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang. You think like, my goodness, that's actually all he's going to say. That's his rap, which which I kind of admire. I think I think to an extent the self seriousness of a lot of old school hip hop or people say like, oh, it's better back in the day can be a bit tedious. Yes, yeah. And and the the younger people coming along and you know there was this thing people saying fuck Tupac. Do you remember? You remember? You aware of that? Became a thing like young, the younger generation was saying like I don't give a shit about two. Well, they're just not giving Fuck a nod Tupac. to the yeah. And it was like well, you just said what? Yeah. But the idea that Tupac should be kind of universally venerated suddenly gave way to the younger people saying like he's not talking about me in my life. Yeah. Mm. And also the other thing is is like there's some I think that this whole idea that anybody coming into the the music scene should have a reverence for everybody that came before. This is such bullshit, isn't it? It's really tedious. I just think it's more exciting if somebody goes, I I just don't give a shit about anything else that's happened before. Like, do you know what I mean? This is what I'm doing. Yeah, there should be a little revolution every sort of 10 years or something and people clean house. And And then you go back and rediscover stuff and stuff comes in circles, doesn't it? It was the same way when the South came along. Do you remember when there was East Coast, West Coast and Mm. then... I started it, of course I remember. Of course you did, yeah. you started it. And then meanwhile, the South came up and it was just like, we're just going to make party music about, I know, yeah, about yeah. dancing and fighting. Mm. And it'll be just just sort of loud music that you can just literally just kind of mosh around to. Yeah. I remember being, I mean, Little in, John and stuff in the like UK that. in particular, people were so snobby about when the South came up. Yeah. Because they're just like, what the hell is this, man? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they're not, there's no multisyllabic mm. flows. They're not like, do you know what I mean? It's not all densely packed verses. And then eventually just people came around to go, oh, this is just stuff that you can put on. And yeah. you could actually listen to it at a club or something mm. like that. And it's, yeah. yeah. It was when, um, I remember watching MTV, it would have been 20 years ago maybe, and, and Juveniles, uh, Back That Ass Up came on. Although I think the radio play was Back That You a fine looking woman, man. Yeah, 
yeah, it's a great, and it was just it's um, it, it had a many, it was many fresh production, yeah. and it had that sort of vi- almost sort of violin synth sound yeah. that he specialised. And who was it? What was the name of the pic- all their album covers were done? Was it Pen, Pen and, and Pixel? Pixel? Yeah. <laughs> Who Do I visited? <laughs> Did you? Yeah, yeah, I yeah, saw I this. Because you didn't you didn't you spend some time in Master Peers? Yeah, I, I got to know Master P. Well, I, let's, let's rephrase that. I met him and hung out with him. <laughs> we were rather good friends, Master P. And I, I called him Percy. <laughs> he, only few people get to do that. Um, no, Master P. I visited at his house in Baton Rouge. He went bankrupt, or he didn't, but his company did a few years after that. Yeah. And then, um, but also in a scene we never used in the program, because that, that was around the time that No Limit Masterpiece label yeah. was sort of in the in the in eclipse, yeah. and uh, Cash Money Records was on the rise. If you remember, uh, Big Bird. No, that's Sesame Street. <laughs> Bird Baby Gang. Bird. Yeah. Birdman. Yeah, yeah. Birdman. Yeah. And. Um, and, and 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 that was when uh, Juvenile was on that label and a bunch of other Sea Murder no Sea Murder was No Limit then Sea uh, Murder was Sea Murder Masterpiece brother, brother yeah. yeah who got done for murder <laughs> <laughs> we got him yeah which yeah. is I don't yeah. know. It'd be so yeah, embarrassing ironic. to be done for another crime. <laughs> Do you think so? Literally. Well, well, sea <laughs> <literally>. litter. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, I meant anyway. So, uh, but I went to, so Cash Money were on the rise and, and, and that was just when Little Wayne was, was signed to them. Yeah. Uh, and I visited, a, they invited us to, to see to a film, uh, to see them filming one of their videos. Why am I talking about this? Only because it was an extraordinary. Manny Fresh was there. Yeah. Had a chap. It was a sort of again. It was a sort of amazing feeling of wow. I'm getting to meet these ama- these legends or, or of, of the scene. But the sense of sort of of brio and how much um, talent there was. And just it's just weird to me as well. I had a chat with Lil Wayne. It didn't get into the cut because it just didn't really go anywhere. But he was just—he was a child. He was probably 15 yeah. years old. He didn't have dreadlocks. He had short hair. He was still in high school, I think. Who would? But have did thought? they know that he was going to be a star at that stage? I think they must have known because he was a prodigy, wasn't he? And yeah. he used to contribute verses on all the records. I think he was the one that people that weren't into that South scene bought him in. Bought into, yeah. yeah. Like he was just sort of—he transcended that. I think, you know. Now he's a megastar. He—he's someone who I think actually doesn't write down. His raps mm. and freestyles them in the studio. Yeah, which, which I think sometimes is a tiny bit limiting, if I'm honest. Well, it, it is limiting. <laughs> yeah, call I would out. argue strongly it's limiting. And also, this sort of uh, it's fun. There's a couple of times where he just sort of the the Carter Three, which I don't know if you've listened to, but it's, it is a great album. But there's one bit that always bugs me, and he says something about a panel that is solar, and I'm black and I'm white, so I'm polar. And you think, what well, you you that's the wrong bear. <laughs> but that is the wrong bet. Right, panda. And, and if you if you if you'd have written that down and just thought about it yeah. for a minute or so. Mm. You would have realised that's the wrong bear. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Another, another mm. one. Maybe there's a thing of rap kind of misnomers or something where it's a um, my mind's playing tricks on me. That which is oh, like ghetto boys. Yeah. Ghetto boys. Yeah. And he goes, and if if I die, my child will be a bastard. Do you remember that? And like, <laughs> no. If you, no. It might be a bastard. <laughs> I got a little boy to look after And if I die, then my child will be a bastard I think you mean orphan yeah. <laughs> oh, It's a weird one to get confused by Because I know people get confused by second cousins and stuff like that But it's yeah. very rare that the confusion steps in where What happens if I die? Yeah. Were you a fan of Master P's music before I you met was, him? Or you, I, wasn't, so. I was more of a fan of um, Cash Money sound mm, yeah. If mm. I'm co- completely honest yeah. I could. I wouldn't have said I knew much of Masterpiece no, music. Yeah. Could you? Could you? No, uh, I, just, I mean, all no. I know, I didn't really like no, any never, of it. Yeah. I sort of, I found it impressive that he'd sort of created this kind of. He was a ph- business phenomenon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then at the point where Suge Knight was sent down, he swooped in and signed Snoop to No Limit for sort of ten. Yeah, hours. I remember. Yeah. yeah, and then so he had had, had a lot of business. When sense. Snoop signed to No Limit, I just couldn't. You can get your head around. I couldn't it. believe it. What are those <laughs> records like? I, have you listened? There was uh, what, the album that I quite liked. That I think he did. I think that was a No Limit album. Was one called Last Meal, and the, I think the reason he called it Last Meal was he said that was the last album he was ever going to put out on a late on a on a label that wasn't owned by him. So it's sort of like it's the last time you're going to eat off, off right. from off me. And uh, it's good. Yeah, I mean Snoop's pretty. He's just brought out a new album, hasn't he? Mm. Um, he's just he's. 
He's prolific. been pretty consistent. He's yeah. unbelievable. Like the level of consistency and the longevity yeah. that he's had is. Got and into a little trouble with Gaza recently. I don't know if you saw. Yeah, that. they had a beef. I can't what remember. What about? Snoop did this. I don't think he was aware of who Paul Gascoigne mm. is, but he put a photo up of Gaza like now. It's sort of it's quite sad actually. Gaza, a really bad photo of Gaza. He's sort of ravaged. Mm. And then a photo of himself. Right. And he's put alcohol use over 20 years versus weed, weed use over 20 years mm. or whatever. And obviously people just went, what the fuck, man? That's like a really horrible thing mm. to do. Uh, and so it's they, and then Gaza responded, didn't he? He said, I don't know who this idiot is or something. Yeah, Gaza must know who Snoop Dogg is. Yeah, but I think it's helpful for <laughs> yeah, the beef to yeah. sort of. Still, still to play out. <laughs> he did. Well, something. they're both rappers. He hit back, didn't he? He hit back. I can't remember what it was. He made fun of him in return. I can't remember yeah. what it was. Mind you, it's unkind, but there's something in that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Sure. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. But I think Snape's blessed with great genes as well because I've seen. You know, I, I know people from around Crawley that smoke a lot of weed. Smoke a lot of weed, and what? they don't. They haven't aged. As, they haven't aged as well as Snape. <laughs> <laughs> Are you able to keep up with hip hop? Not, not, not in as, any measure. To, a to little bit, a little bit. I mean, I'm constantly listening to new stuff. But if you listen to hip hop in any music, actually, it's sort of become disposable because of the way that we're consuming music. You know, through apps and stuff like that. God, I sound like an old prick. But the point is, <laughs> is that you listen to something and just you move on. You listen to something and mm. move on. And it, and I think that you just have to make a choice about. Well, I really like this album, so I'm going to stick with this. And if that means that I'm going to miss a couple of things or I'm not going to get to something until later on, then it just has to be. But I think it's impossible mm. to be across everything. Loads of people come into this podcast and talk about artists that I've just got absolutely zero awareness mm. of. And like, unless I made, unless you mm. made it your job to be across it. That's why I think, you know, like I went and did Lauren Laverne's show recently and she's across all music. And her knowledge of hip-hop was unbelievable. I, just, I don't know how you... I I've got no idea how you do it and run a life. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I know that's her job, but still, mm. I think it's impossible. And and what do you think... I'm going to interview you for a second. Is sure. that all right? Yeah. So what you... you, you the, 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 the idea of hip-hop um, saving your life, right? Yes. What was it in hip-hop that you felt spoke to you or that was important for you or that you weren't getting elsewhere? Well, I was... Um a school where there were very few ethnic minorities. And I remember listening to Public Enemy, It Takes a Nation of Millions. And I remember just thinking, there's some sort of, this sort of identity politics of this, I didn't think those words, but there's something about that, you know, that kind of, that anger and that sort of emotion of it, I just really, it really connected with me. And then um, it just went from there, really. And then I sort of... That I, was the album. That, that album. was the album for me, yeah. And then I became, every, everything I did, like dressed, how I spoke, and th but nobody else I knew that was into hip hop, so it was very out of context. It was sort of embarrassing actually when I look back. Really? At it. Yeah. Were you? And then do you remember all the Professor Griff? Yeah, business? I do remember mm. that. Yeah. And did that trouble you at all? It did. But for, 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 for was that his, we should uh, say when he was accused of being yeah. anti-Semitic. Yeah. I can't remember what it was. He, he sort said. of said something about. But he was nation. Of, he was quite a strict nation of Islam, he was, wasn't yeah. he? So he was on board with. The, the problem ideas. was is that he'd done an interview. He'd done an interview and said something about. It's something alluding to Jews running the world or something. It was something like that. And then... So something perfectly harmless. Yeah, sure, exactly. <laughs> and then Public Enemy did not distance themselves. Quit, in, yeah. they, they just were very... They were terrible. Chuck mm. D was awful. You can't, I, mean, I wasn't expecting Flavor Flav to lead that charge, but yeah. Chuck D was terrible. Terminator at, X. He, could yeah. talk, he didn't talk. <laughs> could have. He didn't talk. Well, with he? his that hands. He did, he did speak with his <laughs> he hands. Was he was like, like no, no. Oh, Griff. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yeah, he could have done that. At his finger, um, but yeah, they just would, they just didn't distance themselves in a way that suggested. I remember thinking, this suggests to me that you agree with what Griff said, mm. and they sort of broke up for a while, didn't they? It was, it was pretty. There's certain... And then do you remember? And then I can't remember which track it's in. He goes, "Apology made to whoever pleases." Still, they got me like Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, I think you just doubled down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, like, oh, I know, man. I know. It was. Uh... Do you remember Griff was on stage and he was supposed to be the militant one? But, yeah. And then the... he had his, and they were all they called the Fruit of Islam, were they? Or was that something yeah. else? No, there's the S1Ws. 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 And yes. they would they would sort of march yeah. and do, do sort of dance march. Yeah. Mm. It was slightly fey, wasn't it? Yes. Mm. Well, I went to see, I went to see this ra Gods of Raptor, and it was like Wu Tang Clan, Della Soul, and Public Enemy, and Public Enemy came out with that because I remember going to watch Public Enemy like years ago and they'd have like four or five of them but they'd only brought two of them this time mm. 
and it may and they were slightly portlier. Yeah, not it's really sort of owning the stage. No, it was yeah. it was a different experience watching them. Have you been to any live hip hop shows? Not that many. I've, I lived in San Jose for a while. I saw. I remember seeing um, Digital Underground. Yeah, what was yeah. that like? Um, it was pretty good. I, and looking back on it, I'm constantly haunted by the idea that that Tupac might have been. Uh, he was in there. there. Yeah. He was oh, in right, there entourage, yeah. yeah, yeah. wasn't he? But I don't recall clocking him. And I saw Big Daddy Kane in Brixton. It was, in all honesty, not one of the best shows. Oh, really? Yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, weirdly, one of the best shows I ever saw was Arrested Development. Do you remember them? Mm. Yeah. Who who were who were sort of pop rap, weren't they? They were big yeah. hit with Mr. I, I, Wendell. Yeah, Mr. Collective, Wendell. Yeah. I remember thinking Tennessee was unbelievable when it yeah. first came out, and that sort of singy rap thing. Yeah, it was amazing. Mr. Wendell. That's what it was. It was that singing and rapping. Yeah. yeah. And so, and they did an amazing show. Really. They may have had a live band. Maybe that helped. Sometimes you just don't have enough to look at. I saw um, Ultra Magnetic MCs. Yeah. Mm. They did a good show. But then the other thing was that he was rapping over himself rapping. Yeah, you ever see that so where they just they sort of put the CD on and he just rapped <laughs> I know, over it's it? It's so crap. But the thing, you know, Arrested Development, did you ever think, when, when you listen to Mr. Wendell, he's so horribly patronizing to that poor guy, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? Like, here, yeah. here, brother, have a dollar. In fact, no, have two. Two dollars means a snack for me, but it means a big deal to you. <laughs> right. It's so, it's so fucking horrible, that lyric. Anyway. It's sort of, you mentioned Phil Collins earlier. Yeah. It's sort of the hip-hop version of Another Day in Paradise, isn't it? <laughs> Doing his bit. Yeah, it it's is, got yeah. a similar, slightly mm, queasy. Yeah. You expect to go like, all the proceeds from this record are going to help the homeless. <laughs> But they don't say they like. No. no, they're not even doing that. Yeah, Mr. Wendell's a bum. <laughs> it was an odd. It was like it was an odd. I don't know. It's an odd theme. But a great show. Like. Great show. Great show. Amazing yeah. show. Hey man, what's your favourite hip hop album? What would you say your favourite? Well, I, I was thinking about it on the way here, and I think I'm going to say Low End Theory, Tribal right. right. Quest. Yeah. yeah. Hey yo, Bono's this, what? and Bono's that, what? but Bono no Jack. Can't rap, well what do you know? The dead dog is first up to back. No batteries included and no strings attached. No holes barred. No time for move faking. Got to get to loose so I can bring home the bacon. Brothers front, they say the drop can't flow, but we've been known to do the impossible like Broadway Joe. So sleep with your production feel is so deep and um it just pays. Do you like all of Tribe stuff? No. The first album, it's like a lot of groups I sort of jumped off the ship at a certain point. Yeah, yeah. The third album, maybe. Midnight Marauders. Yeah, Midnight Marauders I liked. There was one after that, maybe. Got it. I know which one you're talking about. It had stressed out on it. It was the first album that they put out that I thought wasn't essential. Yeah. But I remember the first one, People's Instinctive Trials and the Positive Rhythm, was Mm. was great. And then I was going to give honourable mention to All Eyes on Me. Right. Which I, when it dropped, I loved, and you know the idea of a hip hop double album, and and although uh, that 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 because that hip hop double album works does, but hip hop double albums since there's not a great yeah, tradition of hip hop double albums. Biggie's 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 one Wu Tang Wu Tang's second one was a double, wasn't it? Biggie's second one, I was going to say Biggie's first one. Oh my god, amazing. Ready to yeah. Die. Yeah. Mm. And when that when those both came out, it was a, it was a moment where I thought, well, oh mate, am I out? Am I sort of? St- do I still love hip hop? And then when those came out, I thought, oh wow, yeah, yeah. still happening. Mm. I think I just bought Eric B and Rakim's sort of third or fourth album and thought, oh, this isn't happening anymore. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let the rhythm hit him, was it? Yeah. Called? But then when those two albums came, and I thought, okay, this is really still happening it's mm. amazing and do you listen to anything like are you listen to any stuff now well mainly stuff that my kids put on and 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 it, it, it's kind of a little bit random and some of it's i, I mean i liked um he's in a bit of legal bother at the moment at the moment but i quite like uh, takeshi 69 yeah. mm. he's got one out at the moment called kika that uses steel drums Very catchy. And he used to do one called I don't even know. The hook was Gotti Gotti. It's like Gotti Gotti Rolling. It might be called Gotti Gotti Rolling. Yeah. Anyway, just sort of random. Mm. So those whatever guys, pops up. He's massive, isn't it? And I just haven't. Um, See he's, another dude with he's tats on his bars. face. Yeah, he's got yeah. tats on his face and weird multicolored teeth. <laughs> 
XXTentacion I still oh, yeah. listen to. Would you ever do a follow-up from your rap doc? I would, I'd like would to, you, Yeah, it'd be a yeah. Good, I, different I, enough time for it. Oh, to... this, the scene's changed a lot. Mm. People getting tattoos on their face. I don't know quite why. That whole what I just find, yeah. you know, anything that's... Have you got any tattoos at all? No. Nor would you have ever. No, I think I would. Have mm. you got any? I've got a few, yeah. Have but you? I don't, but, yeah, but facial tattoos. Yeah, it's bold. <laughs> But maybe it'll be normal now. I was thinking mm. about another thing on the way here, which is the way in which hip-hop drives culture, right? And so yeah. something like, a word like bling, that was a hip-hop, as, mm. as far as I'm aware, coinage. I think it was a, it was um, BG, Baby Gangster, was it? Or, or maybe it was YG. Anyway, it was, one of the, it was one of the southern rappers had a phrase bling, that was all, called, mm. it was all about bling. And that's now become a mainstream word. You yeah, yeah. The Prime Minister mm. uses it. Yeah. And in similar ways, things like a word like beef, yeah. you know, now it's become yeah, mainstream. Yeah, yeah. So maybe facial tattoos will you know, become be, normalised. They'll be like mm. the Prime Minister will have it. We'll, yes. we'll have it written across his face, yeah. Gucci gang or something. Yeah. I, th- I think that saying beef, though, is less of a commitment than getting a facial tattoo, isn't it? <laughs> it's just a matter of degree <laughs> in the end, isn't it? It's just, it seemed like a commitment... Yeah, but that's it, but right. when I when I first saw rappers with because I think it was it was the Southern rappers, like that started getting these like like, like Birdman, yeah, yeah, or like an ice cream cone. And Lil Wayne was one of the first to yeah. get yeah. really. Yeah. And I think you're just thinking, fucking hell, that's mad. And now it's just like the casual people are casual about it now, man. Facial tattoo. You're quite Grim. shocked by it, aren't you? I am really shocked about it. I, I am genuinely. I'm an, <laughs> I haven't. I just sort of. You sound I just. It. I can't. I can't believe that people do it. I can't believe mm. ta- like I can't believe there's no- when you go to get a tattoo done. Obviously, you have to sign it. You have to sign a thing saying I'm fully aware of the permanency of this or whatever. Mm. Blah blah blah. Um, I just the, the idea of there must be another level of that when you get yeah. a face tattoo. There's got to be. Mm. There has to be. Do you think so? I mean, do you think there's a, like a like buying a gun? It's like you got okay. You got three days. We're not. We don't give facial tattoos on the day. Yeah, we, we, it's yeah, our policy yeah, 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 yeah. to give you a three-day yeah. cooling-off period. Yeah. Yes. So come back yeah. in three days, and if you still want it, because mm. otherwise you could rock up drunk or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, there was the woman who fell asleep in the tattoo chair. Do you remember that? And woke up, and her face was completely covered. Jesus, because she'd forgotten to say stop. Or, I don't know. Did you never read that, about? I mean, that, that no. But also, story. that is an insane <laughs> tattoo studio policy right. that we continue tattooing until you say stop. Yeah. <laughs> like, she maybe presumably she's got her eyes closed. She's still like, just keep going, and I'll tell you when I've got enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay then. <laughs> oh man, hip hop gripes. And is there anything about hip hop you don't like? Well, the misogyny's always been an issue, yeah. hasn't it? What, how do you feel about that whole distancing the artist from their... Or, or th- There's two arguments here. First of all, distancing the artist from what they're talking about and also just listening to music without putting responsibility on yourself to, to condone what's being said. Do you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. th- where do you sit <clears throat> on that argument? I think it's, it's a tough one. It's not, it's not like... I mean, someone once explained to me, it's like, well, it's not like singing a song. Like, you can do a cover version, but it's very, very rare... For a rap, for a rapper to cover someone else's rap, I think mm. it's happened once or twice, yeah. and um, and that's because a rap is seen as an authentic expression mm. of someone's personality and yes. an outlook. And and granted, sometimes people rap. In fact, very often people rap in personas, the persona of uh, of a gangster or the persona of someone else. But it's also seen that you can only rap. The whole idea of keeping it real always hinged on you you should have some first-hand knowledge not that you've necessarily seen it or done it but that you're familiar with the media that this sort of behavior whether it's shooting or dealing drugs comes out of otherwise you're just ridiculous right all of which is a long-winded way of saying i think it's quite complicated like in other words i think i think i've always enjoyed the macabre side of rap yeah. i've always enjoyed the rap that felt it was a little bit irresponsible you yeah, know. yeah, I know what you mean. And I've, I, I, if anything, There's something I, kind of thrilling about I've, it. I used to find some of the sort of pious, um, positive rap a bit, a bit tedious. Yeah. You know, there was a moment when I listened to um, a Schooly D album called "Smoke Some Kill," and the idea that oh, he's not saying you know, well, until then it was all kids mm. don't do drugs, even yeah. rappers. You know, N.W.A. I don't smoke weed or cess because yeah, yeah. it's known to give a brother brain damage, and brain damage on the mic don't manage. They changed that mm. a couple yes. of years later, <laughs> yeah, didn't yeah. they? But, um, but the idea that Scooby D was going to say, oh no, I do want you to do drugs. I, th- mm. I found really thrilling. <laughs> <laughs> Down on the couch to cool and chill. 
crack me a 40, roll some kill. I was smoking, I was choking. My mom said, boy, you must be joking. Threw me outside, it was raining, I was soaking. That weed so damn provoking. <laughs> Still, that just sort of so day. counterintuitive and strange. And then yeah. a lot of his raps I enjoyed because he seemed to be saying like, when you see me on the street, you think I'm going to crush you. Like, I, basically, his, his whole rap persona was like, yeah, I'm going to come and beat you up. I was like, yeah. yes, you are. Yes, you are. <laughs> and um, so I think that kind of um, sense of danger and menace and a slight sense of irresponsible-ness mm -hmm. um is not intrinsic, but it's part of what I enjoy about yeah. rap. Yes. Did your family, did your other half listen to rap or anything? Uh, not as much. She doesn't. She's not rap averse, but she's not as into it. So, because sometimes, like I be, I mean, I've talked about this a lot, but like my my wife is not a hip hop fan, and occasionally one of those kind of tracks is a bit more kind of uh, uh, macabre, exciting, or whatever, yeah. violent, will come on, and she'll look at me as if to say, like, you grow up. You're an adult. Yeah. You're you're an adult father. And this is what you're listening to. Like, she just, it's, it, it, do you know what I mean? It's, I almost feel, when she do, when she looks at me like that, I almost, I feel slightly embarrassed. You know it's bedroom. funny because I was more comfortable with the, <laughs> the violence and then some of the sex I used to, made me a bit, especially in my younger days, I was a yeah. tiny bit squeamish about. So there'd be graphic descriptions of um, sex acts that were going down or, or mm. you're going to go down on my whole crew kind yeah. of thing. And you think like, ha <laughs> you like that sort of pious little public school mm, boy yeah. in me would be like, oh, I don't think that sounds like a very good idea. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? That sounds yeah, yeah, like yeah, an yeah. unsafe. That yes. doesn't sound. You know, or, or, or and Tupac was slightly um, occasionally prone to that, and and a few of the other rappers. And then sometimes it was just so over the top. Like, do you remember? <laughs> there was a band called Above the Law, and I think the track was called One Less Bitch We Got to Worry About. Yeah. Oh, jeez, I feel bad even saying it. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, I think it was about basically... Anxiety to do with bitches. Mm. Uh, if only. Well, in a way, in a deep way. <laughs> yeah. It was about basically killing women, I yeah. think. Yeah, Jeez. And you just think, but it's so over the top and ludicrous. I mean, you, you're not going to bop your head to it, I don't think. Like, certainly I wouldn't feel totally, it just too, it's too off the charts. Yeah. But occasionally it would get so over the top, it would be almost like panto. Yeah, yeah. And, and, mm. and, then, it and then it stops being offensive, doesn't it? Yeah, and it? it's no longer it's, offensive, yeah, it's just yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, 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 I know what you mean. <laughs> The, the thing was though, is, uh, the thing is, I always find it the most embarrassed I get is when it's a skit, when yeah. it's not even part of the song. And then I think it's like some albums I to recently, just this guy was just getting head in one of the skits yeah. and you hear all the sounds and everything. Yeah. So Biggie think, was bad. Biggie had that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He had like full on sex scenes <laughs> and stuff. But he's, yeah, there was skits in there. Biggie. Him, oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Mm. Just Don't Bite It. Do you remember mm. that one? Yes, I do. Yeah. I didn't, that, yeah, I couldn't quite. It's not really. It was never. I never felt total. I mean, I listened to it, but it wasn't. I wasn't completely feeling that. No. Uh, the idea of a, a rap entirely about giving blowjobs, well, receiving them. Yes. I also yeah. Put it, uh, put it in your mouth. Put it in my mouth. Yeah. What was it? Put it in your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Akinelli. Yeah. Akinelli. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like, but that. But I played that the other day. <laughs> and there's a couple of. Do you remember the Yin Yang Gang? Beat the pussy. Yin Yang beat twins. The pussy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, beat the, you're like, oh no. We could do a nice sort know, of remix that, that, of all the rap. No, you... no, listen, I totally. The, because the thing is, is like the vi it's weird, isn't it? The violent stuff, you sort of go, okay. It's the sex stuff, you sort of go, this is a very private yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Shoot like, as many people as you want. But... <laughs> this is something you should just. Yeah. Do you know I mean, I don't. I just don't enjoy somebody talking about 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 receiving a blow job. Is that bad? <laughs> no. no matter how sonically pleasing it might be. <laughs> Louis, Go you've been amazing. Life. Thank you so much, man. Yeah. You've been, what would you say, best guest we've ever had? Best guest. Um, stand I feel like we could keep going. I know. Going. And, uh, when is your book? When is your book? Oh, yeah. The book is dropping uh, September 19th. Great. So 19 Right. Which is a nice, that, memorable... Yeah. Yeah. That's great, yeah. Uh, and, September uh, 19th, it's called Gotta Get Through This. A little bit of rap in it. Yeah. Mm. Mainly uh, my, my life and anxiety. Well, it's very, very funny. Oh, thank you. It's really, really good. Thanks and, for having uh, me. No, Thanks thank you so much for coming. I'm, like we're both such huge fans. So it's been uh, it's been a real honour to have you on. So thank you. Pleasure. Thanks, man. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. 
Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.